Welcome to According to the Scriptures, where doing things according to God's Word is of eternal importance to us. I'm Kyle Webb. I'm glad that you have joined us today. For today's lesson, and actually for the next few weeks, I want us to begin studying what I would refer to as culture in the church, how culture affects the way that we worship, how culture plays a part in the way that we worship, and how culture played a part in the worship of early Christians. We're going to take a, a closer look, especially at 1 Corinthians, and we'll begin in chapter 11, and eventually, over the next few weeks, we will study through at least chapter 14. And I want us to see some things about how Paul addresses the Corinthians, some of the things that he taught them about their worship, and how culture played a role in that in first corinthians chapter 11 we begin talking about head coverings and how they uh, are to be used in the worship of the church um, this is probably the most difficult lesson within this section of scripture but hopefully it gives us a good idea of what paul is writing a good understanding of how we should apply this to us there are some that will take especially chapter 11 or first corinthians and they apply it very literally there are churches today that that women actually do cover their heads uh with a veil or something of that nature and and that's not necessarily the way that it is to be taken but we'll talk about that as we get into to these verses as we continue our study one of the first things that we probably need to recognize is the culture of the corinthians it was a very corrupt society um, they were very idolatrous as a matter of fact earlier in first corinthians paul addresses some of the corruption that had come into the church and he continues addressing some of that as we move forward in chapter 5 he addresses um, the the uh, the subject of church discipline that they had not been practicing church discipline that there was sin among them that they were allowing in the church you had a man that that had his father's wife and 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 had a, an improper relationship with her and that was within the church you had instances such as in chapter 8 where they misused idolatrous meat they they would use it in such a way and then someone would be offended by it and they didn't care and paul addressed that in their worship as well we're not going to get into those things but i want us to begin in chapter 11 and look at how 
culture affects them. You have their culture, their societal culture, and what was happening within the church was a direct result of what was going on outside of the church. And so he, he, he wrote to them in order to address some of those problems that they had. And we'll look at that as we go into these verses. I only plan for us to get through verses 2 and 3 today. Um, but hopefully the next week we can come together again and we'll begin looking at verses 4 through 16. We'll begin in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, beginning with verse 2. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Now, I praise you, brethren, that you remember me in all things and keep the traditions just as I delivered them to you. Let's just stop there for a moment. I am reminded here of the church in its establishment. In Acts chapter 2, in verses 41 and 42, we read, Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayer. Notice that baptism was not the ending point for these new Christians. It was only the beginning because, you see, they continued. They continued in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and the breaking of bread and their prayers and the things that they had been taught. They continued in those things. And that was very important. It was important that they do that. And likewise here, Paul is writing to the Corinthians, reminding them of the importance of keeping the traditions, the ordinances that had been taught them by Paul before. When he went about establishing congregations such as the church in Corinth, he intended for them to follow in the teachings that he had given them the teachings of God's word. Paul, as the other apostles, was inspired by God. The things that he taught them were of God, and they needed to continue in those things. And so he writes to them as a reminder that they keep the traditions as they had been delivered to them. And in verse 3, he begins talking about Headship. He, he begins addressing headship within the home and within the church. Both were of great importance. I think it's very interesting that this is his beginning point for talking about how they should cover their heads in worship. And we'll look at that as we, we go into um, a later episode. But, but as we get into to this we are beginning by looking at the structure of the church, the structure of the home as it is patterned after the church, and how we are affected by each. In verse 3, he says, But I want you to know that the head of every man is Christ. The head of woman is man, 
and the head of Christ is God. Let's begin with the first of these. The head of every man is Christ. This is in reference to the church. It is also in reference to the home as husbands in the home would look to Christ and his word for guidance. That was important that they do that. But as we look at the church especially, Christ is the head of man in regard to the church. Now recently at Mars Hill, we have been studying denominations and how the church is different from denominations. And one of the things that that we have recognized is the structure of the denominational churches. Now maybe it is that you're a member of one of these denominational churches and maybe you're more familiar with this than I am. But when we look at denominations, we often find that the church is ruled by leaders. It is ruled by men, maybe a council of men, such as in the Baptist church. You have the the Southern Baptist Convention and things of that nature. You have a group of men that are set up to make decisions for the church. They are over who preaches in that church. They are over what the church actually believes and practices. We've seen in recent years where members of these various denominations were unhappy with how these churches have dealt with homosexuality and women serving in leadership roles. The church has become divided by that, which is one of the reasons that we see the importance of the structure of God in regard to His church. And we follow that structure today. But one of the first things that we have to recognize is that Christ is the head of every man. In the churches of Christ, we have elders, shepherds, bishops, overseers. The same group of men uh, are referred to by each of these terms. It just uh, has different ways of, of showing the role that they play. But these leaders of the church, these elders, they look to Christ as the head. We look to God's word. When we do things according to the scriptures, we are doing things according to God's word. The way that God has set forth that we should follow, and that is very important to us. In Ephesians chapter 1, verses 22 and 23, Paul writes that God put all things under Christ's feet. He put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Christ is the head of his church. There is no other head other than Christ. In Catholicism, it is believed that the Pope is the head of the church, that he decides what is right and wrong and what God wants us to do and what God doesn't. That's not taught in the scriptures either. Christ is the head of his church. And even though he is not on earth with us, even though he doesn't have that physical relationship with us, he is still the head of his church. And he has given us his word for us to follow under his headship. 
And when we fail to recognize Christ as the head of his church, then we are no longer the church that belongs to him. We have created something that is foreign to what God taught in Scripture. The Church of Christ recognizes Christ as head. He is the head of man within the church and likewise within the home as well. As husbands look to Christ for his leadership, for his guidance and his word, and man decides what is best for his home, for his spouse, for his children, according to what is written in God's word. That is the way that God structured the home to be. But again, Christ is the head of every man. Now, I'm going to try to uh, to approach the next one with delicate gloves here. Verse 3 again says, But I want you to know that the head of every man is Christ. The head of woman is man. Now, before you are offended by what I've just read, I didn't say it. God's Word says it. Let's recognize what God's Word actually teaches in regard to the submission of woman to man. First of all, this is not a dishonor to woman. Whenever we look at this, we often um, look at it and think, well, you know, that's not the way that, that our culture is today. It's not the way our society works. Um, we have women's lib and and women that are able to make their own decisions. They can do whatever they want. They don't have to listen to a man. But that's not the way that God structured his, the home to be. That's not the way God intended for the home to be. You see, if there is no actual submission, then it becomes chaos. It's the same when man is no longer submissive to God. Then man can decide what is best for himself. And man is not always good about making those kinds of decisions. We need the leadership of God. We need to be submissive and obedient to the rule of God as according to his word. So woman is to be submissive to man in this area. Man is the leader within the home. He leads within the church. And a lot of this dealing with head coverings goes back to that. This is symbolic of, of the way that, that God has structured the home and church to be. And women are to be submissive to the leadership of men. Now, a good husband is going to be a listener. A good leader in a job or, or whatever it may be is going to be a good listener. And he's going to take into account what the woman says, what, what his wife says to him, what she expresses and how uh, important that is to her. He's going to take all of that into account when he makes his final decisions but the woman is to be submissive to those things as long as these things are in Christ let's look at what Paul wrote in regard to marriage in Ephesians chapter 5 beginning with verse 22 wives submit to your own husbands 
as to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Wives are to be submissive to their husbands, as they are to the Lord, as husbands are submissive to the Lord. The husband is to be the head of his home. And I heard it put by a preacher friend of mine that this is not so much about what women can't do as it is teaching what men should do. When men do not fill that role within the home, that leadership role, the home is not going to be as strong as it would be otherwise. Again, uh, you really have nothing to look to as far as structure within the home. If the woman is the leader of the home rather than the man, then then your structure, it, it's all out of whack because that's not the way that God said it to be. God wanted men to step up and lead for a reason. Men need to carry that burden within the home so that the woman doesn't have to carry all the burdens of, of not only overseeing uh, what happens within the home and what the children are taught and, and making sure that everything is in order. And then she also has to take care of the finances and, and make sure all of that is taken care of. Uh, sometimes within the home today, the woman is the, the breadwinner. And, and, and you see a structure within the home that is not exactly what God intended for it to be. And we have to look for God's wisdom here. We have to be submissive to God's wisdom and, and, and believe that God did all of this, that he appointed all of these things in the way that he did for a reason. And, and again, it's, it's not completely about what women can't do. It's about what men should do. What a disgrace to the home. What a disgrace to God when men do not step up and do what God has told them to do, what he has appointed for them to do. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 34 and 35, uh, I think it's good for us to look at this as well. Let your women keep silent in the churches, for they are not permitted to speak, but they are to be submissive. As the law also says, And if they want to learn something, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is shameful for women to speak in church. This is a sign of submission in worship. Just as head coverings are, as we'll look at later on, are a symbol of submission, so this also, that men be the leaders in the worship of the church and not women. It is a sign of, uh, of submission. It's a sign of recognition that we understand that this is what God has said and we are going to be obedient to it. Now, when we seek to, to have the church run as man wants it, 
and we're no longer doing things according to God's word. God set forth this structure so that men would step up and do their part in leading their home and leading the church in worship and in everything in regard to the church. Men need to step up and do that as God intended for them to do. Now, quickly, let's look at the last one. The head of every man is Christ, the head of woman is man, and the head of Christ is God. Uh, Again, this is not a dishonor. Christ was submissive to God in everything. In regard to his life on earth, he was submissive to God. Do you remember when Jesus was lost at an early age, the age of 12? He, he was lost. He was left in Jerusalem, and they journeyed, and they, they realized he wasn't with them. So Mary and Joseph had to come back. So for three days, Jesus was in the temple away from his parents. And when they did find him in Luke chapter 2 and verse 49, he said to them, Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business he was submissive to the will of his father even at such an early age in john 15 and verse 10 he says if you keep my commandments you will abide in my love just as i have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love jesus was not ashamed to be submissive to the will of his father, even when it led to the cross. And likewise, if we are in submission to the father, we abide in his love. A woman who is, in, who is submissive to the role of leadership in her husband in the home should also abide in her husband's love. Ephesians 5, verses 25 through 28. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Verse 28. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies, He who loves his wife loves himself. She abides in his love. As she is submissive to him, she abides in his love. He cares for her as he cares for his own body. He nourishes and cherishes it just as it is his own. And so he does for the wife. So we see a correlation between all of these things. Whenever we do something that deviates from what God has said here, by the inspiration of Paul, when we deviate from the headship of of man to Christ, of woman to man, of even Christ unto God, whenever we see these things, whenever we deviate from that, the structure is not as strong. It's not going to be what God wants it to be. And ultimately, we are not doing God's will. That plays an important role when we get into head coverings, but we'll have to address that at a later time. 
But I want to thank you for being with me today. And stick around for just a moment. And I'll be back after a brief break to give you more information about our congregation and how to contact us. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. On behalf of myself and the Mars Hill Church of Christ, we thank you for joining us. We hope you will be back with us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. right here on the Gospel Radio Network at tgrn.org. If you would like to contact us, our phone number is 615-203-3637. If you would like to find out more about our congregation, our website is www.marshillcoc.org. Our email address is marshillcoc at gmail.com. And if you would like to contact us the old-fashioned way, our address is 1135 Rucker Road, Christiana, Tennessee, 37037. If you are in our area, we would love to meet you in person. Our service times are 9 a.m. for Bible study and 10 a.m. for worship on Sunday mornings. Thank you again for joining us, and until we meet again, may God bless you. 